Today, the title of my message for you is Through Him, In Him, and By Him Alone. You know who that is, who Him is, in your Bible. We'll read it in Colossians, um, that it's capital H, Him. And there's only one Him. And who's that? Okay, this is a test to see whether you're listening. Okay? Who's that? Jesus. Jesus, yes. Guys, I hope we're going to be a little bit more excited this morning. And you're allowed to shout at me. You're allowed to interrupt me. And you're allowed to just encourage me a little bit down there, if you'd like to. Raymond, you've got lots to say. Come on now. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Doug. Right, let's, very few of us bring this, but if you've got it, turn to Exodus. We're going to start in the past. We're going to come through to the present, and we're going to talk about our future. And I think that's appropriate for us in 2024. In Exodus chapter 33, we're going to read and I really, really like this written thing, this printed thing that we call our Bible. Because I know we go to pieces when we lose our phone, but I honestly say I'd rather lose my phone than my Bible. And that's not because it's the Word of God. It's because I've written so much in here. And it's wonderful to refresh, us, refresh ourselves with what we've written to ourselves. And in chapter 33 of Exodus, I don't have any overheads, so you're going to have to listen. You're going to have to listen really hard if you want to follow. And hopefully I can read clearly so you can catch what I'm saying. Exodus 33 comes after Exodus 30, 32. Wow, that's amazing. When Moses came down from meeting with God and getting the law... And there was an abysmal sight that met him. The Israelites had built a golden calf and they were worshipping it and it was an absolute disaster. I am extremely amazed how quickly after witnessing and coming through the Red Sea, I mean, that event... Surely wouldn't that last us forever and ever and ever to, to, to witness the deliverance of God and killing all those enemies? Don't you think it would do? If you're actually honest, no, it wouldn't. And God knew it. He gave us the word so that we can get fresh manna every day. And that was his pattern, because we forget so easily. Anyway, so there is an absolute disaster, and God was mad. He was absolutely mad, and he said to Moses, You, I'm going to kill this lot. I'm fed up of their complaining. I'm going to kill a lot of them. <gasps> yeah, God said that, read it. And 
I will make out of you, Moses, you're the only one I like, out of you I'm going to build a new nation. And the intercession of Moses for the Israelites is absolutely awesome. And so there's uh, 3,000 people um, are, are killed by their own brothers, the Levites who stood with Moses. Quite shocking. And then we get to chapter 33. Then Moses said to, then the Lord said to Moses, Depart and go up from here, you and the people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt. Moses immediately knew we're in trouble. What did God say? The people you brought out. Who brought the people out? God brought the people out. He knew we're in trouble now. He's saying, you look after these people. I don't have anything to do with them. You brought them out. To the land of which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, to your descendants I will give it. And I will send my angel before you. In my Bible, it's capitalized. And I think the translators are trying to convey to us that it is the angel of the Lord, which in the Old Testament is referred to the pre-incarnate Jesus. So, that would have been quite good. Okay, so the angel, Jesus, will go, go with us and drive out the Canaanites, the Amorite, and the Hittite, and the Perizzite, and the Hivite, and the Jebusite, and all the other sites. Go up into the land flowing with milk and honey, for I will not go up in your midst, lest I consume you on the way. So I'm going to allow you to go. I'm not going to blot you all out because of um, uh, Moses' um, intercession. But I'm going to send someone else. I'm not going to go with you because I'm still mad at you. Can you believe God could talk like this? But anyway. For you are a stiff-necked people. You can get really offended if someone calls you a stiff-necked people. That was the... That was the biggest swear word God could use that could be written in the Bible. You are a stiff-necked people. And they were. Despite everything God had done, they turned away to idols, which was the worst. And when the people heard this bad news, they mourned, and no one put on ornaments. Then it goes to a little bit um, that looks back about um, Moses told them to take their ornaments off and don't celebrate. Verse 7, Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of meeting. The tabernacle of meeting was the precursor to the tabernacle of Moses, which God gave instructions for later. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp. So it was whenever Moses went out of the tabernacle, out to the tabernacle, that all the people rose and each man stood at his tent door and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle that a pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. 
and the Lord talked with Moses. All the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the, ta- at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose and worshipped, each man in his tent. That must have been an awesome thing. you that are listening um, on the tape and this is especially for, for Alec, hopefully you're watching, because Alec's constant question is, why can't God do what he did like in the Old Testament? Why didn't he come down and appear to us? Why didn't he speak in a booming voice? Whoa, thus saith the Lord. It would be so much easier. But stay with us, Alec, because you will see that there is actually a better way. And we heard a bit about it this morning already. Um, And all the people saw the pillar and they worshipped. What an awesome sight. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. God was so close with Moses. But you'll see just in a few verses later, it was through the cloud. So it was face to face, but he couldn't see God. He couldn't see his face, but he spoke to him very, very closely. Wow, what a relationship Moses had with God. What a relationship God had with Moses. He was prepared to wipe out everyone except his friend. And when you see friend, and it's mentioned a few times in the, in the Old Testament, friend is not my mucker. Okay? My casual acquaintance. This friend means covenant partner. Covenant partner. And you can write that if you're able. That's the trouble with on your phone. You can't actually write anything there. It's too difficult. Somebody needs to come up with that, hey, Mark? Where you can actually put some notes on it. You probably know how to do it already. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend, and he would return to the camp, but, and then it talks about Joshua uh, wouldn't depart. Verse 12, Then Moses said to the Lord, now, this is, this is what I want to get to. See, you say to me, bring up, bring up this people, but you have not let me know who you shall send with me. It wasn't confirmed yet. Yet you have sent, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Therefore, I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, Show me your way that I may know you and I may find grace in your sight and consider this nation is your people. He's continuing with his intercession, but he's been talking to God face to face, but he hasn't been able to see him properly. 
and he wants to know how you're going to do this. Are you going to come with us? And will you consider these people, will you repent and call these people your people? And God said, my pleasure, my presence will go with you. And I will give you rest. Sure. God will go with him. He doesn't have to work this thing out. He will give him rest. Then he said to him, if your presence doesn't go with us, do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight except you go with us? So we shall be separate, your people and I, for all the people who are on the face on the, on the earth. Moses was not after himself. Yes, he wanted to see God. And he wanted to know for sure that he was going to lead them through but his heart was for the people. And if you don't go with us, how will the people know that you're God? Unless you go with the presence of, the God, of God inside you, how will the world know that he loves them just as he loves you? The Holy Spirit in you is the most powerful and required thing of God that we carry Him in us so that we manifest His goodness in this earth. Otherwise, people will not know. They're not going to fall into, into, into God unless we say something, unless we show Him. And this is what Moses' heart was. The world needs to know that you are God. You've chosen us, but we have to manifest that. And if you don't go with us, we're not going anywhere. In verse 18, and he said, please show me your glory. Now, out of all the requests he could have given, he could have asked, Lord, give me wisdom to lead this rebellious people. Lord, kill all our enemies um, as we go. Although he said he will do that anyway. He could have asked anything of God, but he asked, please show me your glory, your, who you really are. I really want to know who you are. Today, I hope this is our cry for 2024. Lord, show me really who you are. Show me your glory. And then God said, I will make... Now, this is such an interesting thing. When you think about glory... You think of fireworks. You think of um, bright lights, um, magnificent, huge edifice, um, massive person, glory. Just, whoa! Look what he says. I will make my goodness pass before you. My goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. His name and His goodness is one. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. I'm doing this for you because I want to. And will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But He says, you cannot see my face. So in the tabernacle of meeting, He couldn't see His face. Although He spoke with Him face to face. For no man shall see me and live. 
And the Lord said, Here is a place by me, and you shall stand on the rock. So it shall be, while my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock, will cover you with my hand while I pass by. Then I will take away my hand and you will see my back parts. My face shall not be seen. God was so awesome in the presence of sin, he would obliterate it. Nobody could see him before Jesus came and took that curse away from us. But he said, my goodness will pass before you. My goodness will pass. You will see my glory in the goodness. And where was Moses put? On the rock. Who is the rock? Jesus and the revelation of the word of God, who is Jesus, that is the rock. And in the cleft of the rock, not just standing on top, in the cleft of the rock, what a safe place for Moses, surrounded by that rock, just so that he could see through the cleft and see God as he passed, passed by. What an awesome thing that we realize that God, for all his power, the most important part of him is, is his goodness, his kindness and his goodness. And I want you to know from this, this was, what was written was the most important parts of that, um, that incident. I want you to know that God is good all the time. I don't care what the world says about it. I don't care if the world goes and says and accuses you, well, what about when he wiped out 3,000 people died here and, and he wiped out all the Canaanites? Guys, you do not know. You do not know my God. You do not know what he was doing, but I want you to know he is good. He is not a murderer. He doesn't kill, steal, and destroy. Perhaps your God is the one that does that. Don't say that to me. He is good. And let's be confident with that. Now, Moses was in a very, very safe place. But he desperately wanted to know the character of God. Now we come to the present time and the New Testament. Let's look in John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You know, we don't even know where, the, where these books are anymore. We don't need to. Because we just punch it into the phone and it finds it for us. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's nice, it's nice to actually know where these things are in the Bible. Oh, it's New Testament. Yes, yeah, it's New Testament. John 14. And verse 7. 14, John 14, verse 7. I have to repeat myself because it's not up there. Thank you. Now, it says here, our desire, our heart's desire, doesn't matter whether we know God or not, our desire is to know God. We've got
void inside us that can only be filled by God. And we don't know what it is sometimes, and, but the, the revelation of the Father is the only thing that will fill this. All of us desire the love of the Father, of a Father, a worldly Father, a spiritual Father, a Father God. We all desire that. And Jesus is saying here, if you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you will know him and have seen him. From now on, you have seen him. Philip said to him, (laughs) I just love these things. You know, he just said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Philip says to him, Lord, show us the Father and it will be sufficient for us. Do Really? I think we are sometimes like that, so let's not be too critical of Philip. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long that you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me. Or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. This is so critical after what we read in Exodus. Our desire is to know the Father. But the Father is in heaven. And He sent His Son to represent the Father to us. And He said, this is the way the Father is. He rebuked the Pharisees because they thought they were reading the law, they could find the Father. But it was just a shadow of Jesus coming and revealing the Father. Whatever we see the, Jesus was, is the Father. That is the character of the Father. And it is, what, did you see Jesus kill anybody? Did he, did he rebuke any innocent person? He only rebuked the religious bigots of his time, and boy, he was harsh with them. Very harsh with them. But he was kind, and he was giving. He healed everyone that he came near, and he was reflecting the Father. As he says here, I just do what I see the Father do. And in fact, the Father has already done all of these things. Now, Verse 12 and verse 13, if you can write it down, write this down, because this is so important to us as our going forward. Most assuredly, and he's talking about works in verse 11, at least believe me for the, work, for the sake of the works themselves. Because we've seen the works of God work through Jesus. So just believe me for the works. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will also do. And greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father. Jesus, one person, did a whole lot of works. But he went and he left the Holy Spirit here. 
We heard a lot about the Holy Spirit this morning, and I really appreciate that because that is the theme of this. The Holy Spirit is on the inside of us, and we shall do more works with more works than Jesus did. And greater. Why? Because He's in all of us. He's in all of us to be able to manifest the goodness of God to those that need. Then verse 13. Get your pen out. And whatever you ask in my name that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. That is hugely powerful. Hugely powerful. But do we really understand what he's saying? You've heard me probably from this scripture or another one very similar. This word ask, it is a very small word, but a very, very powerful word. And we do need to understand it. There are two words for ask that is used commonly. One is eroteo, which means to ask as a favor. E, eroteo. Eoteo, with an A, eoteo is to ask demanding of your covenant. It is a very, very powerful little word. So when Jesus is giving this instruction, He's saying, whatsoever you ask of your covenant in my name, because he confirmed the covenant, that I will do. And the purpose of that is not so that you'll live a comfortable life, is that the Father may be glorified, glory, glorified in the Son. There's that word again, glory. Moses wanted to see his glory. And the Father wants his glory manifest in you. That he receives the thanks for it. The glory for it. If you ask anything, how on earth can the Bible write this? How can John write this? If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And let me tell you, if there was conditions to this, it would definitely write it down. There were four books of the Pentateuch that was... Um, yo, I didn't get that right at all. Anyway, let's pass on. The first five books of Moses, it goes through conditions until you're bored from to tears reading it. All the details. Yet, Jesus said, it's in red, that means Jesus said this, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Full stop. How can he say that? It's because of the understanding of the word aeteo. It means if you ask according to what has already been done in your covenant, I will do it for you. It's not saying, I want a Ferrari, 
So this scripture says you must give it to me. No, it doesn't say that. It says according to your covenant. Is it written from God that you will receive a Ferrari? Okay, if it does show me, because it doesn't. What it does say is that he died and made poor that I might be rich. That's what it says. That means I can ask for riches. Please prosper me. I want to flourish in this earth. But James warns us, do you want to use it on yourself? The condition is to show His glory. How can I show the glory of God in this earth if I'm driving a skadonk? Can't even say it. And blacksmith pouring out the back, full of rubbish, and I I sleep on the streets in that car. How on earth am I going to say, come and meet my Jesus? What? No. And what did God do to Solomon? What had he done through David? He blessed them to show his glory. All the people of the the earth, and we hear about the Ethiopian queen, she came to see the glory of Solomon, which was the glory of God. God had blessed him. He had blessed him. So that is what we need to do. Ask according to your covenant. Are you sick? Don't be sick. He died that by his stripes you were healed. It's part of your covenant. Your covenant is to be healed, to prosper, to be delivered from that flippin' demon that's bothering you through that other person. Be delivered from that. And to have peace. And we can have peace because we can rely on Him to lead our lives. Those are what Jesus died for. And there are probably a few more. Those things you can say, I'm asking for it, and I know I will get it. Don't eroteo, ask as a favor God, because He cannot answer that prayer. He could in the Old Testament, according to his favor, he, he answered a favor for Moses to show his glory, but we get nowhere because Jesus has died, and we have a covenant with him, and that covenant is better, and it's good. He will answer positively yes and amen every time you pray according to your covenant. don't have to wonder what God looks like. Just read the Gospels. Even read Paul's letters as to what this wonderful God of ours looks like and what He will do. Right. Okay. We're going to cut all this good stuff here because I'm out of time. But I'm going to finish with Colossians. I've got to finish here. Colossians 
chapter 1. And this is going to lead us into communion. Colossians 1 and verse 16. What am I doing? Come on. Colossians, where are you? Go eat popcorn. It's the last book. For by him, by him all things were created that were in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is above all things. And in him all things exist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. That is, in all things he might have the preeminence. In all things. In all things. And it is about Jesus. In Him. We are in the cleft of the rock. We are protected by Him. We are in Him. If we stay in Him. Don't sin. Don't do those things you shouldn't do. That way you're taking yourself out of the cleft. If you do that, the devil will make sure you pay for it. It's nothing to do with God. If you sin, He will attack you. However, you have the advocate, Jesus. Just call on him. I am sorry. I, what a stupid thing to do. I repent. Come back into the cleft. Come back into the safe place. And know him. That all of this is through him, for him, by him. And you can face 2024 in the cleft of the rock. Safe to face this world. And let me tell you, and I wanted to get into a bit, but I don't have time. There is evil, evil people out there. They are influenced by a devil that wants to, he is, his vengeance against the church and against anything that loves God, including Israel, is vicious. And they're after your kids. Those people, through the devil, they're after your people, they're after your family, they're after this transgender and woke stuff. Stand against it. It is evil. It is not God. It is not of God. And the people that are who succumb to that need the love and the goodness of God to manifest out of you so that they know, no, that is not the right way. This is the goodness of the God that I serve. He loves you. You know what it is all about? Attacking our identity. Our identity in Christ. If we lose our identity in Christ, we are open for the devil to destroy our lives and our families. Know that you're in Christ. Know that he is the king. Know that he is for you always. And just ask, and he will give it to you. Eoteo, and he will give it to you because he wants you, the glory in you to shine bright and for, for people to see, wow, this is the right way. This is the right way. And if we would all do that, we'd fill this place up. People would come because they're attracted to that. We're all attracted to that. Don't be, I, I really want to say this, I want to emphasize this again. 
Don't be intimidated. They believe in the stupidest thing, some of them. Evolution. How on earth can my complex eye evolve from some slime? Don't be stupid. Are you, are you stupid? And why don't you say that? Why don't you come back with them and say, I know a better way. I know who made this because it's so complicated. Man cannot even work out how the brain works after how many years. Okay, stop now. Stop. Sorry. I'm getting on it. It makes me mad. It makes me mad. And I cannot believe that this government of ours is allowing all of this rubbish to come through our schools. My kids are grown and, and left school. But if you've got kids there, make a stand. Say, no, this is wrong. You cannot do this with my child. What I'd like, what, what I'd like us to do is do communion now. On this platform that I've laid.